She said, Hola, come on, sir. She said, Konnichiwa. She said, Pardon my French. I said, Bandu Mara. Then she said, Sabate. And I said, Nabule. No matter where I go, you know I love them Hey there, Never Data Travel listeners. It's Anaya Richards of Anna Perfect World here, and I'm doing something a little bit different this time. This past spring, I was in New Orleans at the Women's Travel Fest, you might have seen it on my blog, where I was on a panel about love and travel that I'll definitely be sharing with you in the future, and gave a talk about traveling as an American woman today. That is what I'm about to share with you right now. I get into the privileges I've had traveling as a woman of color. Shocking! We have perks some places. To my experiences traveling under the past three administrations, being a global ambassador, and everything in between. Hey, it's not always going to be about kissing cute foreign men. But raise your hand if you've done that in the last week. Anyways, enjoy. Thank you. 
we're going to go back to this Maya Angelou quote a little bit later on. But for me, it's a big deal about perhaps travel and not prevent bigotry, but if it teaches us that we all eat, laugh, cry, worry, and die the same way, we can perhaps be friends. And I made that video maybe a few weeks ago because I was in a funk about what's going on now in the political, political times and traveling. I'm, well, yes, traveling and writing in my blog about travel, fashion, luxury hotels, and it just didn't seem to matter as much at the time. And that quote kind of lifted me out of this funk because it shows the importance of what we do, the importance of what we all do, what you guys all do as travel. We're ambassadors, and that's kind of the end goal of our talk today about how we can be better ambassadors as American women traveling. Um, that, yeah, each one of us are ambassadors, perhaps better ambassadors than our president. So let's continue that. Sorry. All right, so we're gonna, as I said, we're gonna talk about sex, sexuality, social norms, politics, and how to use your travel to, or use your American dollar impacting the way you travel, like supporting women-owned businesses, all of that good stuff. All right, so what does it mean to be an American woman? Like, the kind of freedoms we enjoy. You guys can scream out things. Like, what does it mean to you for you to be an American woman? Freedom. 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 Education. Absolutely. So we've got freedom, education, independence, all of these options. That's another good one. Comparatively wealthy. Privileged, wealth. Yeah. All, exactly. All of these great things. All of these amazing things that we enjoy as American women, and that someone said privilege, and I think that there are rights here, they're still considered privileges in other countries, so that's something that we do have to take into account. And that's how we view ourselves. These are the privileges, the freedoms, the rights that we enjoy as American women. But then, it's how we have to consider when we go to other places, how we're perceived. It's something that we touched on yesterday in our love and travel talk. So, any ideas or thoughts about how you guys have been perceived when traveling? Anyone? Pushing. Easy. Oh, sorry. Easy, pushy, snobby. Sorry? Aggressive. Aggressive. Loud. Loud. Entitled. Exactly. But those are all amazing answers and completely true. The stereotypes of Americans and American women in particular. Um, so. When I was first thinking about this and how we're perceived, one of the first, like one of my favorite songs actually from Lenny Kravitz came to mind. I thought of this that video. And the idea, oh, I didn't really lose the whole thing. Sorry, I should have cut it. <laughs> but you know, it's him going through this video and he's like, stay away from me or work. Beauty, this American beauty that Lord. 
do have to kind of combat those stereotypes. Fake news. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's happened in the U.S. Exactly. I completely agree with that. And for these places, they're worried about it painting a bad cult of bad reputation in their culture. I just watched a documentary on what's going on in Georgia and how they feel about how the trial has affected them. But it's also how did that trial affect young women studying abroad in small cities or, or yeah, in small places all around the world, not just in Italy. But yeah, this is a perfect example of how Americans are portrayed internationally, particularly American women. And there's a huge sexualization to it. And for me, traveling abroad personally as a young woman, a young American woman of culture, of color, has been an interesting path to navigate, especially after Trump's America. I studied abroad during Bush's administration and lived on uh, during Obama's administration. And there was a vast
reason I pulled this article is that it happened in Hawaii. A lesbian couple was thrown in jail after kissing in a supermarket. An undercover police officer uh, made a comment to them, get a room, and then uh, an argument ensued. They didn't know he was an undercover police officer. One of them ended up getting punched in the nose, and they both were thrown in jail. And you know, the supermarket issued an apology. The Hawaii PD is investigating. But you know, that happened here in Hawaii. There are 75 countries where homosexuality is illegal, uh, but it can also happen here on our home turf in terms of these women were traveling in, in Hawaii. So kind of what I mentioned yesterday about being cognizant of kind of the lay of the land and knowing what's going, what your surroundings are, what's going on around you, because it's completely right. You have every right to stand up for your rights, but it's not worth a night in jail being assaulted. Um, luckily, that was in the US, though. Unfortunately, it was a night in jail, but there are countries where it's illegal and it could have been a lot worse for those two women. I got a little heavy. Okay, so it's kind of, so leading to that, navigating sexism and social norms. Uh, how many of you guys have been to a place of worship when traveling
such a great thing to have under your belt, self-defense classes. Uh, I actually carry pepper spray or mace when I travel, uh, and it gets through TSA because of the liquid requirement. <laughs> so that's always something that I think is safe. It's better to have. You never know what situation you're going to get into. So just prep yourself. And be, to combat this, be a proud, visible woman traveler. We are all our own. We're each ambassadors for the U.S. going to other countries. I mean, us all being here today shows kind of where our priorities lie in experiencing other cultures. And so now, the political. Um, figuring out politics when traveling is a new territory for a lot of Americans. Because we're not a country like France or Israel where you over coffee, people are often discussing politics over wine. It's a common thing. Now, in our political situation in America, it's just become, we're a pop culture driven country. And we're more likely to discuss the Kardashians over lunch than we are to discuss politics. Now that's definitely changed, and it's about navigating that because you have a population. <laughs> 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 so it's about navigating that new territory for us in other countries. And everyone is really excited. I'm going to say excited, I'm going to keep it excited. They're excited to talk to us about it and what's going on. Then there's a situation about where can we go, where can we go. I know Pauline just mentioned a possible EU ban. Uh, we've always navigated whether we can visit countries like Cuba, Iran, um, Angola, Russia is another big one about figuring out where we can go, where we can't go as Americans, which is interesting for us because we're a country that enjoys so many freedoms. We don't have to have a visa to go so many places. And yeah, then there are some, a few places that we can't go. This is when I was in Havana in 2015. Then we're also going to talk about traveling as an American woman in Trump's America. So here's what other countries in the world think about us, or what other headlines around the world are is saying. Um, UK Daily Mirror, racist Trump banned from speaking in Parliament, The Sun, comparing Homer Simpson, um, Moscow Times, Brave New World. So this is what other countries or the daily news that they're getting about what's going on in our country and how they're viewing our political situation. Have you guys traveled since Trump, um, since Trump got elected? And what was some, what were some, good people have, what were the receptions that you got? So I was just in Ireland, um, and literally every time I got in a taxi, they were like, oh, I pray for America every day. <laughs> I'm careers, um, I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, 
That's great that you saw other sides too. Yeah. That's what I saw. And then people are very concerned about, you know, are we going backwards to nationalism? Are we really globalizing? I think it's right for the world. And that's what you know, I mean, you know, Trump is just a symbol of so much. Exactly. Of a political change that's happening. Yeah. I feel like I have a unique experience because I traveled to Mexico just before the election, and then I traveled to Cuba after it, and um, I guess the best thing I could say is that I think we should never underestimate how well informed the rest of the world is mm -hmm. on what's happening here, and um, you know, I, I really kind of, my angle was, I, I did not vote for Trump, I'm a I'm a citizen of the world, um, you know, but I, I try to use it as an opportunity to really connect with the individual and to pull through the, the whole Maya Angelou thing. And I wish you would put that back up so I can yeah. take a picture of it. <laughs> you know, but the concept that we're all the same mm -hmm. and um, what makes us similar is so much more powerful than what makes us different. And anyway, it's, it, it was interesting to see the perspective that the sweet, this, and I speak Spanish, so I was able to like really communicate with these people. And you know, the poor little cab driver in Mexico, like it was just his his comments were so well informed, and it just broke my heart. But anyway, totally great. Um, so I actually went to Cuba. I arrived in Cuba the morning after Fidel Castro had passed away. Oh, wow. Um, so that right there created a very interesting political climate and put politics. Uh, at the forefront of the conversation, which can occasionally be an uncomfortable topic for people from the United States to have with Cubans, um, although I think it's a good thing to do. Uh, and this was weeks after the results of our election as well. And I was actually guiding a tour of, uh, I think I had 10 people on my trip with me, and I was guiding them through Cuba. And we were in Santiago de Cuba um, the day before we left, and we were visiting uh, the museum, not with the invasion, but it's, it's a museum, um, from one of like, these attacks, and it's, it's not that important. But the woman who was giving the guy the tour of the museum, halfway through, she's a Cuban woman, she um, she went off on like a big, very anti-Trump um, speech, which most of my group <laughs> was in agreement with and resonated with. Um, but I found it to be interesting that even people in my group who had not voted for Trump and were not in any way, shape, or form Trump supporters felt very attacked, felt that our democracy was being attacked mm -hmm. by somebody um, from a different country. And it was interesting because the Cuban woman was like, I'm so worried about you guys, you have to have a revolution. <laughs> and then <laughs> Yeah, and then juxtaposed these US people who were with me, they were like, we've been worried about you for 50 years. And it was this really <laughs> interesting situation that got tense for a moment, actually. And I tried to like, <laughs> but, um, those hard conversations sometimes are the ones that we have to have. Yeah, well that's a perfect example of what, <laughs> what I want to lead into in terms of discussing, sorry, it's cut off the slide, but assessing the situation. Is this a discussion that someone's leading you into or an argument? Uh, because there is a lot of folks. Sometimes there were, when I pre, um, I was studying abroad in, you know, I think I was living in a lot of the time, and sometimes people are just really excited to speak to you and so engaged and it was an Italian person who was asking because I was from New York, they wanted to talk to me in depth about 9-11. And I was from New 
let's start a revolution, and you can feel attacked. Uh, regardless of who you voted for, you can feel attacked with your beliefs, your policies, and maybe you don't feel comfortable speaking to them about who you voted for. And that's okay too, you don't have to discuss that. But I think that it's walking away from the situation because we're in a time where political discussion can get really heated and turn really nasty or even violent pretty quickly. And we, as travelers, going back to what you said, getting, getting back to the down to connect with people, being the ambassador. So we don't want to feed into their stereotypes that the angry, violent Americans, even if they're being angry, kind of violent towards us and attacking us, it's about walking away if they're not ready to have an intelligent conversation with you. Uh, I was speaking to someone yesterday that sometimes you're in Italy and you're just trying to have some wine and pasta. You didn't sit down to have a political discussion. And it's about conveying that to them, that um, I'm here to experience your culture and enjoy your culture, so can we talk? Let's talk about that and redirecting the conversation. They said, be the ambassador, connect to people as people themselves. Uh, and then taking a different route in terms of how we travel as American women and how we can support women in other countries, support women-owned businesses from the hotels, the restaurants, or businesses that employ women in, and support women's entrepreneurship, women's empowerment, because that's not always the case in a lot of places. And yeah, it takes a little bit of extra research to do, and it, but it's definitely well worth it connecting with another woman on the ground there. A little bit similar to what I said about the social setting recog, that you're supporting a woman-owned business. Maybe you really connect with her at the store, being an American woman, you're in a shop, and there you go, you have one person on the ground that you can connect with, uh, should anything happen, uh, should your safety be in question. Uh, like we spoke about yesterday, someone in the town that knows who you are has connected with you simply by, you surprised, simply by being a woman, you being there to support her business. You have a small, but a starting point of a support system on the ground for where you're traveling, and that happens when you do a little bit of the extra due diligence about connecting with women where you are. Because you'd be surprised that an email to a woman um, restaurant owner, you <coughs> get a list of response back, she's really excited about why you're coming, you have one more eye on the ground watching out for you, or one more guy eye on the ground really excited about you being there and excited <laughs> to talk to you about these things. And you get a little bit of extra intel, so it enriches your travel experience as well. Uh, volunteerism, that's something I really love to do when I'm traveling and uh, if there's an organization supporting young women and girls, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, shelters, tooth kitchen, empowerment seminar, whatever, I really try to go give into that. That was when I was in Jamaica at, staying at the Rock House Hotel and they supported a school in the, through Rock House Foundation, a school in the area of Westmoreland. And I really connected with the young girl there and let her camera and we had a really fun time doing it. So it's about making those connections in the places where you're going, where you're visiting. It's connecting with women and using the tools as empowerment. And then from your part, being the voices, being the ambassadors that you are and continuing to demand for more women's voices in the travel industry. Being more women in the travel industry. I mean, you know, there's the Anthony Bourdain's, there's Anthony Simmons, there's our Michaela right there. <laughs> <laughs> and continue to see those voices in the travel industry because we are in 
questions? I've been on five of them. 
be that, you know, the, I don't even know the proper statistics of how many people have their passports in the US. It's not very high, to be honest, because yeah. it's a luxury. 30%. 30%. Yes. Yeah, I'd say 30%. It's Part of why I started my blog is a lot of people don't, it's not only that a lot of people don't have, a lot of people that can't afford to have it, but it's also a lot more expensive to get a passport in the US than in other countries. No, other countries don't afford it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just going back and making sure you be that source of knowledge for people and debunk myths and just having that open dialogue. You know, I, I come from Queens, New York, which is the most diverse mm -hmm. city in all of the U.S. So everybody lives. So the world lives and, there. Thank you.